Welcome to Arvin's People, where I get to talk to some of my favorite people. Today, I'm here with my good friend, Scott. How are you today, Scott? I'm just totally chilling right now, ready to talk about some stuff. Fantastic. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that at times seems a bit taboo. And it's like, if you talk about it, you know, you get look kind of funny. And that's anime and manga. We're kind of outing ourselves here as, as anime fans, but... Yes, that's true. Whatever. So, the Scott... Sheep already. Right. <laughs> um, so you've been watching, you've been more of like a, a consistent watcher of anime longer than I have. Uh, so what was your first anime that you watched? Um, the first anime I watched was when I was a very young child, before I was seven years old. Um, it was the Pokemon black and white anime on Cartoon Network. But that isn't you know, I, that was just the sort of thing I would wake up and happen to watch, uh, you know, if it was on TV at the time. Right. It's like those say, shows, it's like those shows where you don't really, you're not really following it. You just see an episode playing. It's Pokemon. Oh, I go watch it. Like when you're Yeah, it's episodic. You know, you're not yeah. following the grand story. But I think the first anime that I really got into at a young age was probably Fullmetal Alchemist. Right. It was. Are you talking about? alchemist or, or like 2003 or are you talking about brotherhood actually the entire series because uh, okay. i watched um 2003 and then immediately after i watched brotherhood and that was probably the series i first got the most invested in yeah for me the first anime i watched was way back in the day on toonami they're showing like dragon ball of course uh, the, i remember i remember watching i think the, the first part that i was watching because this is what they were showing at the time was the Frieza versus Goku thousand episode fight? Oh, it what takes a like, classic! It takes forever to to just end. Like I, go, <laughs> I swear it goes on forever. Um, but the, again, the first anime that I actually got into was it was this year. So the first anime I, I that was when I was watching anime just on TV. But when I actually started watching anime was when I assume a lot of people in the world started watching more anime was during COVID. Some, I started watching a little bit before COVID because I was recommended by my friends. They were like, oh, you got to watch this. So my first one was Demon Slayer. Uh, it was one of the new ones, yeah. Um, it's still one of my favorites and it's only, there's only one season out right now. Um, I just remember it was just really good because I'd never, I, I'd watched Dragon Ball, but Dragon Ball has old animation and even before that, even after Dragon Ball, when I used to watch Beyblade on the again on like the TV, not really paying attention to what was going on, just like cool, cool spinning tops, oh yeah, um, <laughs> rolling around the ring, or whatever it is, or the arena. Um, but the, the first story, the first one that I actually started watching for the story was was Demon Slayer. I, I remember being blown away by it, really, and not a not a far cry from anime is manga. Which, when I started anime, I was always, you know, I just watch anime. This manga really isn't for me. It's black and white. It's, yeah, it's, it's just books. Drawings. It's just books. Who needs books? Yeah, but the first manga that I read was One Piece. It was the first one I ever read. It was, it was a daunting challenge. Like, at the time, it was like 985 chapters was out. And I remember I was like, oh, it was during COVID. So I was saying, got to read at least 20 a day. Got to catch, gotta yeah. catch up. Got to catch up. That you reading One Piece for your first manga is like a suburban hiker climbing Mount Everest. 
on the first that's, on the first mountain. Yeah, that is that is impressive. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, it was the first manga I ever read, and I remember when I started, I was really apprehensive. I was like, I'll just watch. Maybe you know, if I don't, when I don't, when I don't like it, I'll just start watching the anime, <laughs> even though the animation animation is bad. But I remember it, it was you, the way that they draw it, like Oda, the author of One Piece, draws it so well. So you can almost imagine the frames in between the panels just happening in your head when you're reading. And when I read more manga, I realize that's kind of what manga does. It's like comics. You kind of, you kind of see in between, in between the panels, the lines. What was the first manga that you read? Because you read more manga than I do at the moment. Um, you're more into, you're not really watching anime at the moment, reading, reading more manga. So what was the first one that you read that really got you, got you into it? Yeah, so manga you know in case there are viewers who don't know manga is basically it's the closest to a comic book in western society and most anime are actually based on the manga that's where they get their content from so the manga's content is animated and that is the anime right um so one of the first mainstream anime that i was watching um when i like began to really binge anime in middle school uh was my hero academia and of course i love you know, that i show. just yeah i just ate all the all the available content up as far as anime went so i was like i just have to get more you know like i can't stop here this is such a good story right so i started reading the manga and i you know then i was just i looked up my hero academia manga and there are so many like different you know, hosting services and sites, uh, some of them a bit shadier than others, but. <laughs> Got to put on the VPN. Oh yeah. So that was mine. And, you know, I'm still reading that. That's not over. And I think that's certainly a good introduction to manga. Like a really important part about getting into anime and manga is like what your first series is so i agree i definitely said, agree. yeah so your first series were you know dragon ball and demon slayer um many years apart. and yeah and those are like really good for getting into anime because yeah. the thing about you know the gateway into this kind of community and hobby is imagine if the first book you ever read was really bad like if the first book you ever read on your free time was Fahrenheit 451, you probably <laughs> oh, wouldn't read very many books later on in life. Right. So I think it's, it's, it is important to have like, like a quality series be your introduction. Right. And I think one of those, you know, I remember before I started watching anime, like in between the time when I was watching Dragon Ball, when I didn't really know what anime was. And then Demon Slayer, when I was started watching it, it's it was always the perception of people who don't watch anime that really put me off and that was the that was one of the main reasons why i never considered watching it because it was because all the most of the things that are shared online on, on communities communities that don't that are not about anime is like the weird scene so for example one of the big ones is jojo Every, jojo has in context the scenes are really funny but when you when you look at them just out of context it just it's so weird and then you have the obvious stereotypes of like the inappropriate stuff yeah which, which doesn't necessarily help but it's like saying it's like when you 
when you when you're talking about like a movie and you only show the only parts that are popular the scenes that maybe are not necessarily appropriate yeah the shower scenes exactly (laughs) exactly that's like yeah i mean there's a pretty common sentiment among people who watch anime to never watch it around your parents because (laughs) it's just everybody you know they always seem to come in at the wrong time so yeah and it's it's not even that like those, those moments are not any worse than if you're watching a movie and I think I think it's just a perception of that because that's all people who don't watch it see. They don't see the great character building moments. They don't see the great story arcs. They don't see, you know, the great, you know, scenes or great turns and twists that happen. And I think that that's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't want to try it. And I think another reason why people don't want to try it is I know you struggle with this sometimes is because a lot of the popular ones are super long. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I remember you were really put off reading One Piece. You even took a break because it's just, it's so long. Like a lot of like Naruto, One Piece, Bleach, even My Hero, like 80 episodes is pretty long. So it's, it's really, put, it's really off-putting uh, because you don't want, it's like a big time commitment. And like you, I remember you always say that you get burned out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it, it really doesn't help the case of people trying to get, because a lot of, a lot of people who want to try and so for, so when I try, want to try and get someone to watch an anime, I'll always say like my favorite ones, but my favorite ones are super long. And so when I tell them, oh yeah, my favorite anime Gintama is 360 episodes. <laughs> they're like, I'm never going to watch that. You can I'll watch be, an episode a day and for you'll an be entire done year. In a year and you'll, you'll be done in a year. They're like, I'm never going to watch that. And it's, Another thing is when you kind of sometimes flood them with, oh, you got to watch this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. Because there's so many different anime, so many genres. It's really, it's really like overwhelming, don't you think? For sure. And like, oh, I just had a good thought. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So it's, it's hard on that kind of note to give a good recommendation like for somebody's first anime to you know introduce them into uh this sort of community um so like you know off the top of my head when i think of like the most critically acclaimed anime that i could recommend to people i think of uh like hunter hunter right like that's probably number one right off the bat but that is 150 episodes so you know, some people, they might not like the first arc, which is so unfortunate because that 20 episodes can, you know, instill into somebody's mind that, oh, the other 130 episodes isn't going to be worth it. But that's just like, it could not be further away from the truth. But that is pretty common. So that's unfortunate. Right. I think, yeah, I, I agree. It is common where the first episodes might not be the greatest because you have to remember this is pro- this, a lot of these anime are the author's first creation. So they're kind of getting the hang of, hang of storytelling in the first few chapters of when they're writing the source manga to try and get themselves on their feet. And they got to introduce a lot of stuff. And maybe they're not necessarily the greatest writers in terms of introducing, you know, a story. But then once it's established, I real, I, I, once I watch more anime, I realize once a setting is established and they can actually progress with the story that the author actually wants to tell, 
that's when an anime will usually get much better. But one thing you mentioned the community, and I think when the community is really important because I think the biggest place where I see it is on Twitter and on Reddit are the biggest places where anime community is fostered. And a lot of times where new fans might get might not like it where they watch an anime they think is really good and they go on Twitter or Reddit or something and they see people bashing that anime that they thought was really good and they do it in such a way that makes you feel bad about liking that show. Yeah, there is a definitely like a toxicity that is apparent in um, those sort of environments. Um, and that is just totally unfortunate because there are some, some rough crowds. I, I will not be the first <laughs> to admit that one, but I think, you know, getting into anime, you've already gotten over the stigma that, you know, other people might think it's weird. Like, Oh, your parents like, Oh, wow. You watch anime. My kid's a freak. Oh yeah. My so, dad, my dad wasn't, wasn't too happy about that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, what's, what's a few more people who are weirded out by you liking one more show? I mean, you really just shouldn't let other people's uh, opinions affect your own. Exactly. And I think it definitely helps when you, when you have friends around you who also enjoy it because you can, you can talk about it because you and I talk a lot about theories and, and, and different, and we discuss like the themes of different anime. And I think that's, that really helps when you can discuss ideas that you have with another person. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's like one of my favorite parts is discussing shows that I totally love um, with other people who either have already watched them before or like if I try to introduce a friend into a new series and I, you know, I'm kind of guiding them along through it. Like, oh, you finished this episode. How'd you like that? Like, who's your favorite right. character so far? It's just so fun. And it's, it's really good to... I hope it's good to other people because that's also one of my like most enjoyable parts is, you know, that comes with the entire sort of anime revolution that's happened since uh, quarantine, you know, over social media and on uh, that's like another topic, how that's occurred. Um, like my favorite part of this burst in popularity anime has had is seeing so many new people, especially our age, get in anime. And that's so many more people I can talk to about my opinions. Right. And I think, you know, when I, the pride that you kind of feel when you have a friend who you like watches an episode of an anime that you were like, I love this episode. And they come out of it and they say, man, this was such a good episode. But then you have the flip side sometimes where, you know, you, you give someone something and you're like, I love this show. And they're like, eh, I didn't really feel that. But I mean, that's, that's all part of the fun, I think, because more often than not, for me in my experience, at least it's always, oh man, this was, they come out of the episode or the anime and they're like, man, this was amazing. I, I'm so happy you recommended it. And then we can like talk about what we both liked about it. And I think that's, that's one of the best feelings that I get, you know, when I recommend someone else a show, because you know, I've been trying to get some of my other friends to, to watch some and they're always like, eh, no, it's kind of weird. You know, this Japanese garbage. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but then once, once they, one, I, some of them, you know, once they try it, um, once they try it, I'll have, I have no problem. But it's like, if they don't even try and try it, 
then that's where I kind of have like some issue where because the stigma is so strong, people won't even try it once. If they try it once, they don't like it. There's nothing I can do about it. They don't like it. That's, that's whatever. But when, when they don't even try it because the stigma is so strong, that makes me kind of, it makes me kind of sad that people, one, that like the people are so, they listen so much to what other people around them are saying about a topic that maybe they might like, maybe they won't, that they won't even try it. And also that there, there's this stigma has been fostered throughout so many years that really is not even necessarily true where they, they bring tropes that happen in some anime and they make it into all, and it comes into all anime. If you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. That's, that's another, I mean, that's one of those big obstacles to, you know, for anime to start spreading through culture. But I think that that stigma is definitely disappearing because I mean, more and more every day, I hear more and more stories about uh, like kids showing their parents anime. And I'm like, like, that is insane. I could <laughs> never have imagined anybody doing that. Like five years ago when I first, like around then when I first got into anime, because I, I really do feel like anime is expanding at a rapid rate and that's amazing so yeah i think a lot of communities are, are really forming which i mean it, it's it's much better because you got a lot more people to talk to and it makes you know when you after you started watching anime what made you because there's a stigma there but what about anime makes it so much better or may not necessarily better but what makes you like it like as as opposed to maybe watching like a live action TV show? That is a really good question. So um, I'll, I'll get it started. So for me, I think that sometimes when you look at an anim the animation of an anime, the animation just will look so much. It's like, a, it's like art. It's like more, it's like better than real life could ever look. And, you know, there'll be people who will say, oh, but it's not real. How can, how can it look it's it, but you got to realize that it's a form of like art like it's like a because they're they, they are literally drawing to make these things appear on the screen so that's one thing that i really like it, it, it kind of even though it's not real people you're still sucked into the world you get such good immersion just because in my opinion some i mean some animation is bad obviously but it's like it, as a whole it kind of just it, sometimes it'll look better than than how you can perceive the world in real life yeah animation is definitely like right off the top of my head the first thing i thought of like you know going on toonami seeing shows like space dandy or dragon ball uh like wow that looks so cool that looks nothing like american animation like right you, like family guy thing. king yeah, of the hill has thing. nothing on that it does another thing japanese animation is so much different than american animation Mm -hmm. And that's like that animation, uh, you know, it's an art, of course, but even when like you get into it and the first thing you notice is like, wow, this is incredibly like detailed and so stylistic, depending on the setting. It's just so cool. And then that's kind of like once you get to a certain point, 
when you really appreciate anime, that's when you also start getting into manga because manga obviously is not animated, but I mean, it's those same, very, very often, it's going to be the same uh, art style between the anime and the manga of the source. So, you know, you can totally enjoy it, even if it's not, you know, like moving right in front of your face. Right. And I think you mentioned a little bit before how, like, we were you like the difference between American and Japanese animation. And I think one of the biggest, so when people say, talk about Avatar The Last Airbender, which is a, it's a, it is a good show. I, I do enjoy it a lot. But when people call it an anime, it's, just, it's not an anime because like if you look at the art side by side between Avatar and any anime, the, the style is just, it's distinctly different um, from, from stuff we have here. And I think that was one of the biggest like shocks in a good way for me where that it looks so much different, but I really like how it looks because here you're used to a lot of 3D CGI animation, like in stuff like Incredibles, which again is a good movie. And um, this one, I don't know what, like Boss Baby, I remember winning an Oscar recently. Wow. Somehow. I don't know how that won an Oscar ever. <laughs> I think it won over your name. Your name didn't get nominated that year, I think. What? Um, and then you know, stuff like that. You're, you're so used to 3D animation being in America. And when you realize that the, this 2D animation, they're pretty much literally drawing every frame, you realize how incredible it is and how much work goes into it. And when I see studios like Studio Ghibli, which is one of the greatest animation studios ever, doing stuff like 3D CGI, 3D animation, it kind of makes me a bit sad because of you know because i love anime for what it is and i don't want them to stop making 2d animation i don't think they will but i think you know that's what makes that that makes me kind of sad um, but another reason why i really do like anime and manga is there's such a variety of genres like there's there's detective there's action there are high school there's romance there's comedy there's slice of life it's ridiculous and there's there's many more and each of those have their own subgenres you know so you got anime which is the subgenre of entertainment and then you got subgenres under subgenres of that and you know there's something for for everyone i think when you agree yeah totally i mean it's some people i do know people who are like i just don't understand the appeal of anime and then, you know, I mockingly respond <laughs> like that's like, oh, I just don't understand the appeal of movies because anime is not like, you know, in a very broad, broad view, you know, your grandparents might look at an anime and be like, oh, they're they're all the same. You know, it's all just yeah. one big anime. But that's I mean, there are, it's a distinct form of media like a movie or a tv show or a book it's it has so much to offer so it's just it's unfair to judge it all in one big group right and i think there are some so you were talking about the distinction between movies and anime and i think one thing that i like about anime a lot more other than like as opposed to live action movies is I sometimes feel like the presentation, the way that the anime can present a story because of the, because I think the boundaries are a little bit bigger 
in terms of telling a story in an anime rather than live action, I think the presentation of a story can be vastly superior where you can have a lot of sequences such as, you know, like some abstract sequences that'll happen in an anime and it just works better than it would in the live action. And you, you can see a lot of, and I can see how a lot of live action movies could be anime, but I couldn't, I sometimes, a lot of times I can't see how any anime could be in live action because it would just be kind of cringy or i mean you we've seen some of these live action anime movies and none of them are good whether oh, that has yeah, to do with there's... the talent behind it or whether that's just the concept in general of animated movies i mean it just doesn't work yeah we have not seen a successful uh animated live action i mean there's been plenty of attempts but <laughs> yikes yeah and uh when you one thing I really like that pretty much almost every anime has is there are a lot of deeper themes. Obviously, there are going to be some, some exceptions. There are going to be some shallow ones, but a lot of anime have really deep themes. And usually, I know both you and I, you watch something and you, you see a character and then it inspires you to be maybe a better person. Or you see this character because sometimes characters will be really far in one direction and you're like, I don't want to go that far. But I can take something from this character, like his dedication or something, and I can apply it to myself. And I think that's really, that really helps. Maybe you could say that about any show, but I think anime has a really good, as they, they do a really good job of putting it in almost, in almost everything, I feel like. Yeah, it has, it's such a strength that it allows you to connect with characters so heavily because, you know, in my personal life, you definitely know for sure that they're like, there are series where I've watched that and I really reflect on it. Like, wow, that absolutely changed my life watching that series. And I don't think that could be done as commonly because it's happened more than a few times. I don't think that could be done as commonly in a different form of media otherwise. And it's, I don't know like what about it. I think it's just the episodic format and the animation. It just really well defines these characters as like their own people. And you can have like such a good view into their lives and their role in the story. And it just, you can, you don't necessarily have to relate to them, but you can really just evaluate them like a case study, like, wow, I can, I see so much of this person's personality. It's like, they're actually a, a real person. Right. And I think another thing has to do with the people who are writing it, because I know as a, as a whole, like as a generality, Japanese people are like very reflective, like in their history, samurai weren't just warriors. They were also writers, philosophers, and they would do a lot of self-reflection. And I know in, in Japanese culture, you know, like it is embedded to them to reflect on ideas of how to live. And so I think especially people who are like literary people in Japan would especially do this most likely when they're writing about, you know, because a lot of these authors probably use personal experience when they're writing because a lot of authors will only write maybe one or two or three series because they'll be really long. So I think that, I mean, I think that could also be a way, like, 
that could also be a reason why you get a lot of these series that make you feel self-reflective because the author themselves is also reflecting on themselves while they are writing. Um, not to say that Americans don't do this, but I don't think it's as commonly embedded or it's not like as embedded into American history or American culture as it is in, in that area of East Asia. Um, and so, you know, we've been listening, we've been listing reasons why we like anime. There are several reasons why we love anime because obviously it is one of our favorite mediums. But I think when you're, when you're acknowledging things that why people will like something, you also have to acknowledge why maybe some people won't necessarily like it as much. And I think one thing that a lot of people won't like is the fact that a lot of anime is better in Japanese. Oh yeah, the the dub versus sub debate. Versus oh, this is gonna be like, I think this argument right here is gonna be like the next nature versus nurture. This is gonna go on for the <laughs> yeah. next few centuries. I think yeah. So, I so personally, me and you personally prefer subbed. So we prefer Japanese with English subtitles, and uh, there are obviously a few exceptions to the rule where some Amer some English dubs where. The Japanese voices are dubbed over with English voice actors. Are sometimes a dub can be better in in very rare one percent of the cases, in my opinion. But we'll just pretend to ignore those. Yes, we'll pretend to ignore those for this for the sake of this debate. We'll ignore those. We'll pretend to ignore those. Those don't those don't exist. Um, so as 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 a whole, as almost a whole, as ninety nine percent of a whole, um, the Japanese sub is better. Uh, me and you think and I think one reason why people don't want to watch is because they don't want to read subtitles and yeah it's it, it could also be um there are some very very unlucky cases of personal preference where you know personally I totally understand why people don't want to read subtitles I mean I I know plenty right. of people who watch dub because oh I watch anime when I multitask and you can't multitask when you need to read subtitles. That has to be like the vast majority of your focus. But there are also people, <clears throat> there are also people who don't like the dubbed English versions. And that, that's like, I mean, you just lost the lottery. Wait, right. And that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I think I just, yeah. So me and you both agree that the vast majority of dubs are, the quality is, is pretty poor. And I think when, when you don't want to read subtitles and then the quality of dub is poor, you're kind of, you're kind of stuck because you can't really watch it. You got to like suck it up and watch the, the Japanese sub, which there's always manga. I mean, there is always manga. Yes. Where it's in English. So um, that's better. And it, and it just, I, I mean, I understand why people don't want to read sub read subtitles but I don't know I just think it's it's not like a necessarily valid argument because I mean it, it's I mean it's obviously personal preference so obviously it's valid but I would argue that just if you if you really want to do it then just kind of get over it because <laughs> uh -oh. I kind of just I kind of just ran over just my my, He's just digging his own grave right it's now. It's personal preference, you know, thing, but <laughs> it's personal preference. But you're totally wrong. You're totally just wrong. <laughs> but I mean, I I personally think, you know, obviously, obviously, I'd rather not have to read 
when I'm watching something. But I would argue that once you get used to it, you really don't notice it as much because you just get used to it. You just get used to just reading the subs so often and you don't really, it's not, you're not like, oh, I have to read this. It's, you just automatically read it. Yeah, happens. absolutely. Like, again, the big gateways, um, you know, in the first place to anime in, you know, the Western part of the world were Toonami and also kids channels like Four kids and- Is Funimation a newer one? Funimation, is that a newer one? Or do they mostly, they mostly no, do dubs, I think. Well, Funimation uh, has been doing the dubs for, yeah, like they, they did, did the dubs for Toonami. Right. So, I remember because they do the dub for Dragon Ball. Uh-huh. I'm so it's sure. been like that cast or those few casts of, of voice actors who have been doing like every English dub. It's maybe a pool of like 100 people. And that mm. pool of 100 people, their voices definitely become recognizable over time. So, you know, because there aren't that many voice actors for those dubs, um, it's just you really recognize, you know, between right. so many shows, the because, same voice actors. Because even in Japanese, I'll, I'll be like, oh, that guy was this guy in that other series, you know, that voice actor. And I don't yeah. even understand the language. And there are way more Japanese voice actors. So in English, when, the, when, when you understand the language and it's a smaller pool, then that can definitely become a problem. And another problem is that because um, there's so few, so few you know, voice actors, they'll, the same voice actor will play like three, four, maybe five characters in a series. And it kind of takes you out because you're like, but these guys have the same voice. Oh, yeah. That's, that is like the worst offender when the same voice actor does more than one character in the same series. I just, yeah. that, it does happen. And I can't stand that personally. However, despite all of this, all of these hurdles, um, you mentioned before, it's really booming now. Anime is really coming to the, is really coming to the forefront. And I think one big, one of the biggest gateways for Americans to start watching anime was Studio Ghibli. We, I mentioned them a little bit before. They're, they're the, the greatest in my opinion the greatest animation studio of all time and it houses in my opinion he is my personal favorite director of all time and he is probably the greatest animation director of all time and he might be one of the greatest directors of all time Come on, Hayao Miyazaki <laughs> <laughs> I think he's such a he's such a brilliant mind and I think his movie and I uh, his movies have gotten you know over the last maybe 10 years 20 years I think Ever since he won Best Animated Film for Spirited Away, his movies have just become more and more popular in America, which then opened a gateway for people to go and look, oh, what, I want more of this type of thing. But what else has really, in, in more recent times, has kind of elevate, or elevated the status of anime in America? Um. Yeah, there are certain examples that like transcend cultural barriers, like especially Spirited Away. I mean, Studio Ghibli in itself, the only anime I've ever gotten my dad to watch was Howl's Moving Castle, actually. Oh, really? So, I didn't you know, know Studio, Studio Ghibli is, can certainly have the ability to, you know, go past the cultural barriers. But 
I mean, otherwise, like some of the greatest factors that have led to anime becoming so popular over the past year, definitely. Um, the biggest one I've noticed was TikTok and TikTok's community of anime has just absolutely exploded. I mean, they're like, you know, you see it on other platforms too, like Twitter and Reddit, where there right. are certain communities for, you know, every single show. And that's really cool. But TikTok, I mean, you know, my friends would send me posts from TikTok with like, hundred thousand likes about an anime and i'd be like wow you would never see this on like twitter or reddit it's insane so if you think about like how many people are on that specific platform that are our age you know teenagers these are people you know like in the same grades as us so it's so interesting to see all these people from like our school who i never would have thought would be like an anime fan by the start of freshman year are now like under their fourth shonen in the past two months. <laughs> so it's just, it's really interesting. And I think TikTok is, you know, personally, I don't use the platform, but I am absolutely grateful that it has expanded uh, its, you know, anime's reach into right. such and a young culture. On TikTok, they, cause on TikTok, they they have like pre-set like tracks that you can use right as the background tracks to whatever you're doing and i assume that there are a lot of anime ones there by their anime or like songs that are in anime or certain scenes i know that the the jotaro and dio scene from jojo is really popular but they use the wrong song for it because they do jotaro and dio which is from part three but they use the theme from part five oh, and that's really no. annoying it's as a really jojo annoying. fan that's really annoying <laughs> But it's whatever, you know, these guys can do whatever they want. But I agree because people who won't like anime will still, because I'm pretty sure Twitter, or not Twitter, TikTok has like a feed, right? They'll still find on their feed and they'll be like, this is really cool. I want to know what this is. And they can, they'll see that it's an anime and then they'll start watching it. Um, so, yeah, so it, I think it's really surprising how like just in the last few years, it's just, it kind of exploded. And it, it, for me, it's really shocking because back when I was in middle school, I couldn't even dream that I would ever watch anime. I'd be like, this is weird. Because before I started yeah. watching, I was always on the bad mic, this is weird. I don't- I do to... forget sometimes, you know, considering your current self, how you actually started watching anime like much more recently compared to me. Right. And that is surprising because, I mean, we're like on the same level for enjoyment. So it it's, really interesting because that happens in a lot of other cases too so you know besides tiktok there's also you know we've mentioned toonami in the early 90s and 2000s and four kids that are introducing these these shows to kids um but also i think another boom that came you know before now uh was anime coming to netflix and right streaming services such as Hulu because I mean they're specific anime that I can like very vividly remember getting into that were on Netflix and I think Netflix was probably the burst that like really ignited my love of the form of media with shows like Sword Art Online you know we don't 
We don't talk <laughs> about that now in retrospect. But there's also like Fairy Tale and Full Metal Alchemist, which I mentioned is right. a spectacular series. And there's other series like Death. And Note now you too. have Netflix, you know, making their own animated series, you know, the funding animated series, like stuff like Violet Evergarden is a Netflix, is a Netflix exclusive anime. Um, you got stuff like that coming out. And Violet Evergarden is a fantastic show. So it shows that not all Netflix shows are bad, only some of them. Um, yeah. So I think, because I, I saw some, like a stat where anime had, anime views on Netflix had just exploded in the last year, which is really encouraging because that means they might put more anime, more on Netflix because Netflix always ups the quality a little bit when they, when they put on the shows. So that's always good because better quality, better animation, better enjoyment. Yeah. So, but anyways, in summary of this podcast, anime good, watch. So please, please. <laughs> that's, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. I really want to thank Scott for coming on here and talking to me. Yeah, man, uh, I would absolutely love to be on this show again. Talk about something similar. Oh, you're going to be on whether you like it or not. Um, <laughs> but thank you very much for watching and see ya. Yep. See you later. <laughs>